0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 104th episode of the You Thoughts Sport podcast. I'm here with the usual squad of Jared, Lucas, Bart, and Wyatt are with me. And we're going to start out, as always, with the news we missed. Uh, and we're going to start with the NFL in particular. We have Cam Newton returned home, came back to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Darnold <laughs> down with an injury. Cam didn't start last week, but still scored touchdowns on his first two plays. Um to be fair, yeah. they put him in on plays at like the two yard line, both cases. <laughs> but um I forget what the starting quarterback name for the Panthers was, but poor poor that guy. Um because yeah. they were just he's putting probably... the camp to
1: score. <laughs> <laughs> Cam's probably gonna start in yeah. coming weeks, right? As they like, yeah. integrate him back into the offense. I, I think, think so. And they even
0: hard. said that he's gonna be competing for a for the starting job with Darnold next year, or there were like rumors that he would be, which is like very wow. forward looking. So Anyway,
2: did you yeah. see the uh, Joe Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, had a tweet where he was like one and O. He apparently every time they win, he tweets like one and O. And for the O, he used like a O with like a, a slash through it, like in Cam Newton text. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I love knowledge. that. Cam's Instagram, truly. I'm assuming that's what that was. In <laughs> it
0: too, is. Right? And in our other NFL news for the week, we have the Lions didn't lose. <laughs> um, the that's yeah. the good news. The, the bad news is Good they thing. also didn't win. Uh, they missed a, a, a field goal that would have won the game uh, and had the first, I think it was the first tie of the NFL season, right? Yep. Yeah. It was a gross game to watch. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. I the watched the end of, of it. It was turnovers. It was oh, yeah. It was no the one deserved to have... win that game.
1: I feel like the AFC North always has a tie every year. Like I don't know why <laughs> that division is like bound to ties, but I feel like it's always those teams that it happens to. What
2: well, did they tie last um, year? Yeah, Somebody tied last Lucas, year. Lucas, Lucas book it that someone
0: tied last year. Book something that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is I think this since the Bengals tied last year. If that sounds 24. right, I would you know you're saying it convincingly enough in his lawyer voice <laughs> that I, I believe him. <laughs> Thank you. Uh I
1: you go on to the yeah, next L- movie Lucas will get back I'll... to us on that. They did. Because they tried the, Eagle.
0: the Eagles. They tried the Eagles at least three last either. year. There you go. Okay. There you go. Beast. <laughs> well done. Well done. And moving on to college football, we had the big news of the weekend was that Oklahoma went down. Finally, um God <laughs> is good. This is a fair <laughs> universe and Oklahoma lost to Baylor. Um and as a result they dropped in the CFB rankings besides that nothing else really changed in the rankings uh Michigan is still ahead of Michigan State um at least until Michigan State beats them again i guess and yeah and in other CFB news we have Justin Fuente was fired from Virginia Tech i booked that at the beginning of the season as our lawyer, loyal listeners know um so yes i was the oracle here and uh in Another firing, Jimmy Lake from UW was fired after less than two seasons on the job. He like, you know, kind of assaulted a player on the sideline or pushed him at least last week and was suspended for this week. Yeah. and then they lost. and now he's fired despite not. So,
2: so the one thing I do want to say on that is if he was winning, I don't think he would have been fired. It's just because Jimmy Lake, I think, clearly already wasn't the, gonna be the right hire anyway. And he inherited a pretty good program from Chris Peterson, mm-hmm. but at the same time, when a coach gets excited and slaps the player's face, Max is fine. But when he's trying to break up a fight and he's mad at his player, it's not. I'm just saying, a lot of it was was blown a little bit out of proportion. But that being said, there also was apparently some previous uh, stories, uh, or at least one incident that has some varying accounts on it. But mm-hmm. I think if he was winning, it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened. He would have been he would have been there. Maybe done his suspension, but he'd yeah. still be coaching.
0: No, that's definitely true. But I feel like from watching the footage, though, it didn't look like he was breaking up a fight. It looked like he was just like. <laughs> he, well, he would, back, he like broke up the fight, and, the tape. and then he like
2: and then he like kind of <laughs> slapped him in the in the face mask.
0: <laughs> just really wanted to make sure the fight was broken up. But but yeah, no, he, he yeah. totally would stall the job if Utah was winning. Um, problem yeah. is, they're not. And guess who get, got to see that in person this week? Our very own Jared Ludecker uh, was <laughs> present. U-Dubs <laughs> yes. lost to ASU
2: It was a messy ending My seats were covered though So I didn't get rained on luckily I, I, There was nobody at the game When uh, Washington threw pick six To pretty much seal the game uh, There was like literally I don't know maybe a thousand people there It was pretty, it was pretty awful
0: <laughs> Jared's a real one He's a, a true U-Dubs I
2: stuck fan. it out to the end They made it so interesting <laughs> I was saying they made it really interesting But yeah did not win obviously
0: it's sad and Jared was not the only one in the You Thought crew who was at a game this weekend. Bart was at the Vikings-Chargers game, which the Vikes took. So uh, uh, yeah. he at least, you know, he didn't go home disappointed like Jared.
3: Yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny. Speaking of fan bases at stadiums, Los Angeles slash the Chargers are known for not having a ton of fans. And it <laughs> kind of felt like a home game for the Vikes. So <laughs> every, everybody sends your team to play the Chargers <laughs> <You know>, in like... LA. <laughs>
0: I was watching uh, NFL Red Zone on a totally legal stream over the weekend, and it was Veterans Day. And I guess their studio is, like, right across the street um, from from the stadium. Yep. And so they, like, some veteran was on the show, and they were like, "Here's um, here are two tickets to the game, and here's a Chargers jersey. And we're like, the guy was like, we know you're a Broncos fan, so he like, look confused <laughs> by just everything that was happening. What? But anyway that That's man so this veteran now has a a nice Chargers jersey and got to witness a nice Chargers loss so uh, <laughs>
3: they, they are they one it. of the most aesthetically pleasing jerseys.
0: They are. Oh, they are. Oh, sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Can't hate it. Segments that
1: I will suggest yeah. until the day I die is best sports jerseys. I think we have should do that. We not done that? that? No, and I suggest it all the time. But Interesting. Maybe not all the time.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, you um, haven't suggested that in at least one calendar year. <laughs> <laughs> Do we'll better. We'll yeah.
1: Maybe in my mind I suggested it, and then I never bring it up. But also, updates to the uh, to the Cowboys' parlay through Week 10. They are still dire. <laughs> have the best offense yes. and still are leading the NFC East by more than two games. Let's go! By any measure, most points and most
2: yards per game.
1: Yeah, that Falcons
2: so. game definitely helped out. <laughs> and the Bills being terrible, and as well as uh, the Bucks actually
1: so yeah. we'll see Wyatt and I might have to pony up some money soon uh, <laughs> for those who haven't yeah, been following when did
0: y'all make this parlay it was like was back like in March. February or something yeah, yeah very um, long it was
1: like right after the last season ended
0: Yeah, the Wyatt and Lucas have to buy Jared a ticket to a Cowboys home game is that true? If Wyatt buys it, the jersey oh, okay. I buy the tickets
3: okay separation. You. Wyatt's sweating <laughs> 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 so. getting nervous the, so. the jersey's cheaper Wyatt <laughs> <laughs> that's true.
0: <laughs> Fair point. But he left? You can never pay away the embarrassment. Yeah. That's, no, that's the Eagles are going to win
1: six straight games and
2: going to win two. So we'll see. They are surging. They are surging. They are surging. Are they going to crack? Are they from... going to crack the? You thought sports top ten? I don't know. Listen,
1: they have the Saints, the Giants. No offense, Wyatt. Um, the Jets. Washington, the Giants, Washington, before they play the Cowboys again. That's legitimately meant to so, be six wins. I think it was PFF.
3: Probably PFF said that they have the second easiest schedule remaining. Yeah. I saw It was an insanely so, easy yeah. schedule.
0: Okay. Watch the Eagles, y'all. <laughs> and to move into our we're finally done with the news we missed. Uh, it was a bit lengthy this time. But we're going to move into college football as our first topic. And we're gonna do a recurring segment where we fill in the blank. So we're gonna give a, a sentence with a blank in it, um, and two people are gonna each have to fill it in with their their choice of word. So we're gonna start out with you, Wyatt. Out of Florida and Texas, the first to make a head coaching change will be blank.
4: It will be Florida, I believe. I think that Texas is they gonna have they're gonna give uh, the new hire a little bit more time, and I think Florida. I mean, I think Dan Mullins is an impressive coach, but at some point he might leave on his own merit where he just decides to move on to another job, uh, take on, you know, a bigger program, maybe like a USC job type job in the future, maybe Penn state or something like that. Or he just finds his way into the NFL. I just, uh, I don't know if Florida is going to fire him, but I believe that he would leave on his own at some point, Jared.
2: Yes. The expression goes, if the shoe fits, wear it and since the LSU shoe throw game Dan Mullen is five and eight before he was 29 and six so that was apparently a paradigm shift in the program and you know they're wearing the shoe that belongs to the punching bag of the SEC right now until Texas and OU claim it when they join the conference but um yeah Sarkeesian squad has been historically bad but I will come to his defense fixing the culture at Texas is going to be seems to me like a taller task than it is at Florida. Like how are players filming their coach chewing them out on a bus and then posting it on Twitter or whatever they post it and getting away with it? Like this happens all the time when you get cussed out by your coach. I don't know. But in Sark's favor, he does not have any of his guys yet. Like he's he's in the phase of separating the wheat from the chaff. So on the other hand, Dan Mullen is in year four. These are all his guys pretty much. He's taken a much bigger PR hit with his comments and stuff as well. I will say the Florida locker room looks a lot more fun right now. I mean, they were dancing after beating an FCS team that put up 52 points, or, uh, like, how much? Yeah, 50, did they put up 52?
0: Yeah, I think, 50, I think so. Yeah,
2: which is pretty crazy, <laughs> but I agree with why. It's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be up to the university. I saw reports that Dan Moul- Mullen will, like, bolt for an NFL chance if given it, so um, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if he tries to leave this offseason. <clears throat> not sure what his market's going to be, but... Long story short, Florida will have a head coaching change first.
1: Talked about building culture in Texas. Nothing builds culture like mm-hmm. losing to Kansas.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: we'll see. That's the yeah the Steve Saksian origin story. It, it all starts with that Kansas defeat.
2: But I, I think they. Ha- I don't even think they've. uh played in a big 12 championship let alone won one since mac brown left so what there's something wrong it's been like four coaches there's something wrong there you know Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's okay moving on the potential number four seed we're thinking about the the oregons the ohio states since notre dame michigans of the world that georgia or some other number one seed should be most scared of is blank lucas
1: yeah this one's pretty easy i think it's ohio state Uh, The offense is out of this world good. They dropped 59 on a really good (laughs) Purdue team this past weekend. Um, And since losing to Oregon, they put up 40-plus six times. Um, There's some, like, occasional worrying signs with some close defensive wins over Nebraska and over Penn State. But overall, like, of all the teams you listed, um, I think Ohio State is the best. Um, Oregon has struggled with UCLA. They're not, like... Explosive in a way, I think they need to be to compete with uh, Georgia. Don't, don't Cincy, use that test
2: help. against them. Come on,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, they, you need an explosive offense to be the Georgia defense. To do big plays and Oregon. I don't think has that. Cincy, I love to death, but like Georgia, I just think is clearly would would be better than them. Notre Dame has very much improved throughout the season, but also like they kind of face the Oregon problem, I think, in which they don't have an explosive enough offense to beat them. Michigan, Michigan State. I, I mean, I don't even think we'll get there, but I, I just don't think of as good a chance as Ohio State. So, yeah, CJ Stroud's great. Quarterback, offense is great. Defense is solid enough to hold up. I don't think they'd be favorites against Georgia by any means, but I think of all those teams, Ohio State would have the best chance of winning. Bart, what do you think?
3: Yeah, you basically took the words out of my mouth because, I, I mean, I think in this case it's just, like, you, you have to beat them with a really talented offense. I don't think you're going to beat Georgia uh, with a defensive struggle because their defense is better than your defense and their yeah. offense is still like a top 15 offense in the nation. So basically, yeah, everything that Lucas said, I mean, they're first in points per game, Ohio State is. They're not first in rushing yards per game, but they are first in rushing yards per attempt. <laughs> they're sixth in yards per game, uh, and they have average fewer than one turnover per game. So they're really good about taking care of the ball. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I just think if anything is going to give that Georgia defense problems, it's going to be, like the crazy attack of Stroud uh, Trevon <laughs> Henderson or whatever in that wide receiver room so I'm with you Lucas
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. do you think Ohio State should be above Oregon in the rankings or
4: yes
1: no no absolutely not, not. the field ha- playing <laughs> games has to matter yeah, or right. else why play them fair enough <laughs> yeah, <why? laughs> of
2: course, why? I think
1: teams
0: no, I... are overrated, personally. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. clearly I mean, don't use that
1: criteria needs...
3: for Michigan, Michigan State.
4: <laughs> well, they, no, yeah, yeah I it think, doesn't make any sense. Does, I think
2: doesn't... if Ohio State, once Ohio State beats uh, Michigan State this weekend, they'll jump Oregon. Mm-hmm. The committee just looked at Critics' excuse no, to, totally right. to put no. them in front of Oregon.
1: The, um, the quote from Gary Barta, the head of the committee this week, was set aside watching the game. So that's certainly a part of it. <laughs> But statistically, in just about every other category, Michigan is better than Michigan State. Oh my so. gosh. He clearly doesn't care that much about the game. You know. Yikes. I like it's never good to start your like your defense with putting aside the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so anyway. Okay, up next we've got an upset that will shake up the college football playoff picture in the next few weeks is blank. Jared?
2: I think SMU is going to beat Cincinnati this week. Like Oklahoma, Ooh, sure. Cincinnati has been playing with fire. I do think eventually they will get burnt. Even in the games that SMU has lost, they've really they've put up points and they have a really good offense, while Cincy's offense has recently struggled. So I don't know if Cincy can win in a shootout is essentially what it comes down to. Yes, they like their win over Notre Dame was not a shootout. It was 24-13. So, you know, if Notre Dame started kind of fighting back and trading points. I'm not sure that's the kind of game Cincinnati can win. Um, we'll see this weekend, obviously, but uh, I think that's where the, an upset's going to be this week. Lucas?
1: Uh, I think Oregon is going to lose to either Utah <coughs> one of the two times they play them or Oregon State, <clears throat> and I think it'll completely take the pack pull out of the playoff. If I had to put my money on one of those outcomes, I think Oregon's going to lose to Utah this weekend. Uh, Utah's been really solid recently, Made their way up into the twenty-five, top 25. I think they're 23rd now. They've beat down bad teams. They beat Stanford by 45. Team Oregon lost, too. And I know it doesn't work that way, like <laughs> transitive property. But, I mean, they've been very impressed. Actually, beating that's down exactly bad teams. how it works. <laughs> <As> a <community. laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, I think Utah has a very good <laughs> shot. Um, I also think Oregon State is a shot, too, when they play in two weekends. Yeah. Um, they always get up for the Oregon game. They're not quite as good as Utah this year, but they've been good. They're six and four, above five hundred. They beat down Stanford as well. I think it'll be a scrappy rivalry game. And I think Oregon State has a good shot of winning it. So I don't know which of the like the three games Oregon plays in the next few weeks, Utah, Oregon State, and then the Pac Twelve Championship, which will probably be Utah again. Um they'll lose, but I think they'll lose at least one of them and take the Pac twelve out of the playoff.
2: Can I come to Oregon's defense just for just for a brief moment?
0: Nope. Technically it okay, won't be if on. they lose.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they lose this week it technically won't be an upset because Utah is somehow favored in this game. I have no idea how. <laughs> but Wait, really? Yes. Vegas, Vegas. Is it at Utah? I yes, I believe so. Um Lord. and then also Oregon State does not get up for that reverie. They've they've won like twice in a lot since 2008. That being said, <laughs> they won last year. Didn't okay, they? yes, but they don't they always get up year. for it. They don't always get up for it though. Uh, if they won twice in the last, they 10 get years. excited. They don't always win. Because I was also banks, gonna say, you know? I also was gonna say that. Because I do agree, Oregon State—they're a lot better this year than they have been in years past. But historically, they—they have not uh, fared well in that series. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> okay, for our next fill in the blank, we've got blank. Power Five conference champions will make the playoff. Bart, what do you think?
3: Yeah, the, Lucas's uh, insights there are making me think about changing my mind, but I'm not gonna. I, I think it's three. I'm gonna be blame. I think it's just what what the rankings show us right now. Uh, Georgia is still my pick to win the SEC, but even if they lose to Bama, Bama will make it. I don't think Oregon will lose in the ne- in their next few games, so I think Oregon will make it. And then I know I was iffy on Ohio State winning out and making the, the playoff earlier. But now it's more likely they've won a few more games. So I'm going to say that Ohio State will also win out and make yeah. it. So I just think that what we see right now, like I still don't think the committee is going to put in unless one of those teams loses. So yeah, my pick is three. What about you, Aiden? I'm
0: saying zero, uh, but no. well <laughs> <laughs> <Okay, bold. laughs> I'm going with two. That would be crazy. Um, I think, yeah, the SEC is a lock. It's Batmore or Georgia, whoever wins the conference championship. Um, Big 10, I feel like, is also probably a lock. Even if Ohio State went down, that would mean that they lost to Michigan or even Michigan State, um, who I, th- I think <laughs> would still be um, would still. And win who the then jump Cincy? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. If they are if they have one loss and they win the Big Ten, I feel like yeah. Um, the the committee is would let people jump Cincy for much less. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but, um, but besides that, I think the rest of them are. I don't. I'm I'm not particularly confident in Um, the ACC is obviously like done. Um, That's, that's not going to happen. The big 12 has cannibalized itself. Oklahoma state, I guess, could still make it in. I guess even Oklahoma could make it in. Uh, I just don't really see it happening. They all have tough games to finish off the season, plus the conference championship. Uh, And the committee doesn't seem to think that highly of them anyway. And then, yeah, with the PAC 12, I totally agree with uh, Lucas's take. I think ESPN is Oregon at like a 14% chance of winning out, which seems like ridiculously low, Um, but still two very tough games against Utah and Oregon State, who's having a good year. It just, it feels like they're not going to manage that, especially given that they've seemed shaky in recent weeks. Uh, So I I think it's just going to be Big Ten and SEC represent them. Or at least I hope. (laughs) I hope since he sneaks them. Um, but yeah, to move on to our last fill in the blank uh, ESPN saying that Notre Dame has a 60% <laughs> chance of making the playoff is blank. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to start on this one. Uh, so yeah, ESPN's playoff predictor or college football playoff predictor as Notre Dame has a 60% chance of making it. <clears throat> I'm saying it's less ridiculous than we think uh, and not necessarily deservedly. So like let's, let's think about the playoff we got, we got Georgia is pretty much a lock. They've got College of Charleston and I think Georgia Tech coming up. And regardless of oh whether they goodness. lose the SEC championship, um, they're in. So they're, they're pretty much a sure thing. Uh, and as I mentioned in the last segment, I think that the Big Ten is probably a lock too. Um, in terms of the teams ahead of them at that point, there are a lot of question marks. Um, the committee would love to put in Bama, obviously. Uh, but Bama has like a 30% mm-hmm. chance of winning out. They need to beat Georgia. Would they put a two-loss Bama team in there? Um, would they be willing to weather that hate? Maybe, um, but I think there's a good chance that a two-loss Bama does not make it, <laughs> and Georgia definitely looks like the better team, or at least has up until this point. Cincy, as Jared mentioned, has tough games ahead. They have SMU, and then I think in the um, AAC title they'll be playing Houston, who is eight and one. Um, and did the uh, committee rank them this week? I didn't see. They
1: did. Okay. They're twenty-four. Right.
0: Deep breath. Um, Twenty barely, <laughs> yeah, exactly, because um, they look really good as well. So given that, I'm not super convinced that Cincy's going to win out. Uh, those are two of their toughest games besides the ND game so far against SMU and um, and Houston. So I think there's a good chance that Cincy loses, and then Oregon. Given that there's almost no chance that, or almost no chance, maybe a little harsh, but Oregon has a, has a tough road up ahead. Fourteen percent chance of winning out. Uh, so, given that ND has easily the easiest schedule coming up of any of the other teams, mostly because they don't play a conference championship game, which they'll be you know penalized for. Uh, but they have a seventy-three percent chance of winning out. They've got Georgia Tech, right, and Stanford coming up, mm-hmm. um, which don't want to jinx things, but those seem like very winnable games. And they just need they need Bama, Cincy, um, or Oregon and you know even maybe even the Big Ten to falter and given that they have tougher it's coming up I think there's a not a 60% chance but I think like a coin flip that Notre Dame would end up stumbling in just as a result um, of the absolute chaos of this year Wyatt (laughs) what do you think I have a a (laughs) feeling you'll have a different opinion on this
4: (laughs) ESPN saying that Notre Dame has a 60% chance of making the playoffs is out of left field because it makes absolutely no sense to put them in that playoff window. I know that they're sitting pretty high. I don't know what they're ranked right now. I didn't see the rankings, but they were top 10 before, and they're kind of giving them an opportunity to win a a pretty decent bowl game. But I think with everything that you said, if, if every team in front of them loses and they falter, they have a chance of making their way up into the top four. But the chances of that happening are slim to none. Uh, they don't play a, co- or a conference championship game, so that, they're going to be penalized for that, like you said. They don't have an explosive o- offense, like Lucas said earlier, so I don't think they're going to get bonus points for the eye test, like we said. And Kyle Hamilton is out for the rest of the year, so they're just going to look even less impressive than they have so far. Stanford, by the way, they have a top-10 victory. They beat Oregon, right? So, I mean, there's not it's not entirely possible or impossible that Stanford doesn't also win that game as well. Just tossing that out there, Jared.
2: No, I know. We always have a problem with Stanford for no matter where they're ranked at. We always <clears throat> seem true. to. What that's I want true. to happen is somehow like the Big Ten West West wins the Big Ten, <laughs> Oregon goes to two and we go to three and get to play Oregon. So that's what I want to happen. I just want us to play Oregon in some fashion, which won't happen unless we both make the playoffs.
0: But we have we have one more college football topic today, and this has been a recurring segment starting. Two weeks ago? So it's a new yeah. tradition <clears throat> that uh, we name a blue-collar team of the week. <clears throat> it may have been a curse, given that our last two blue-collar teams of the week have lost in the following week. I believe it was Purdue last week after their big Michigan State win. Then they got kind of blown out by Ohio State. Uh, and the week Kinda. before... Who was it? It was Michigan it was State. Michigan State. <laughs> mm. who, who lost? Who lost it. So it's is actually it like, like a, a trade property <laughs> thing. Is Ohio State no. have to be the next one because the answer is no. it's like water. shut that talk. <laughs> Jared, we're going to you for the blue collar team of the week. We got
2: so there's a common misconception that blue collar football can only be played in the Big Ten slash Midwest. Uh, and we perpetuated that. Let's be honest. Let's take let's take yes. responsibility here. Wisconsin, for example, was trying its best to win this coveted award this week with a pretty dominant <laughs> 35-7 win. But I would counter with the fact that, yes, we'll concede that the Big Ten is the epitome of blue-collar football, but it can't exist elsewhere. In fact, I'm going to be taking you south for this pick. Here we go. I'm reading a book right now, by the way. I'm very qualified for this because I'm reading a book about the value of manual blue-collar work right now called Shop Craft as Soul Craft. Shop Class <laughs> as Soul Craft. It is pretty good, actually. So and, so, so keep that in mind and, and think about the value of blue-collar work and tell me your mind doesn't immediately jump to the Ole Miss Rebels who are my blue-collar team of the week. First and most important point, the face. score was 15-0 to at halftime. That is a blue-collar score if I've ever seen it in my life. 15-0 <laughs> <laughs> in a football game. And here's, there's been some d- disagreement on the podcast on what a blue-collar team is, so I'm going to give you my ingredients and why Ole Miss satisfies. Strong defense. And this is just blue-collar team of the week, right? So strong defensive performance. Check. They held AM to zero points in the first half, obviously. Forced two interceptions. Defensive touchdown. Check. Two other touchdowns okay. were actually scored on defense. A safety. As well, that's how it got to 15. Check. And then good rushing attack. You don't associate a high-flying offense like Ole Miss as a team with a strong rushing attack, but they did that this week. You have to have, in my opinion, you have to have more rushing yards than you did passing yards, which happened. So there we go. 257 rushing yards is a, is a great game on the ground. <coughs> also, they're the Rebels. This kind of just screams blue-collar to me. Ole Miss Rebels, I don't know. Rebels is just like a blue-collar name for me. Conclusion... This was this week. Ole Miss demonstrated a nine to five lunch pail guy type of performance, and (laughs) I know that our previous two blue collar teams of the week have lost the very next week, as Aiden alluded to. And it'll really be put to the test this week as Ole Miss is playing Vanderbilt. So we'll we'll see uh, how prevalent this actually is. Um, I rest my case. Ole Miss,
1: Mississippi, classic working class state. Yeah, Yeah, it is. good, Good pick. Yes. What color are their jerseys too, Jared?
2: Red and blue.
1: Were you influenced
2: by that? Did
1: like the blue jerseys like oh, um, call your name?
2: It subconsciously <laughs> has a factor, you can't downplay that. Well, red, red yeah, and their blue colors were literally blue, blue
1: so
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
3: Can I just <laughs> I just oh, wanna yeah. reemphasize this this glorious point that Jared made, fifteen zero blue colour <laughs> score. You know, the game started zero zero. How gritty, blue-collar of a score is that? You can take that line of thinking anywhere. <laughs>
2: 15, it. you never see 15 to 0. That's like the most... No, I know, I know,
3: I know. Jared, it's what's a white-collar score? No, that's... What... Like if, a white-collar score white... is is
2: like 52 to 35. I think At half. okay. At half. Okay. Yeah. A segment it's on like the next episode players.
0: will be just giving a score and then cash or trash <laughs> blue collar. I, 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 I want the point to stands this. though <laughs> it's, it's just it's no, no bad, it, it, it does. It's, 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 it's less so, sexy,
3: no, I, more sexy is less blue collar. I see what you're saying. Mm.
1: Yeah. Mm. So Jared, then was the the Florida <laughs> Samford game a white collar game? That was a white collar game. Yeah, the halftime was forty-two to thirty-five. Yeah, that's a white collar game if I've ever seen
0: one. Okay. You're not getting that on the grounds. Be year. yeah.
2: I was going to ask who is the Ivory Tower team of the week? Who's the white collar oh. Ivory Tower team? Mm. It's, it's not an official good. award handed Food out to thought. us, but I was just was thinking like who would who's a, what does white collar football look like? Mm. You know,
0: Yale. Pac-12. Uh, <laughs> Yale. Yeah. yeah, Pac-12. Pac-12. Yeah, Pac-12.
4: <laughs> Any no, Pac-12? Oh
0: my god. Also, Jared, should uh, we should we do a you thought sports book club with our <laughs> listeners? Yes. What was the book? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Shop, Shop class, class as soulcraft.
0: soulcraft. Say that five it, times fast. Shop the value <laughs> I inquiry
2: into the value of work.
0: That actually sounds very like interesting.
2: That. It is it is interesting.
0: <laughs> anyway, there you have it. Ole Miss, blue collar team of the week. Uh, and with that. We depart college football and we head into the NFL. We're going to start out with some Patrick Mahomes talk. Um, After winning an MVP and a Super Bowl in his first five seasons, we have Mahomes and the Chiefs at a somewhat disappointing six and four. Uh, We had Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers had similar, you know, thrilling starts to their career and still kind of peak there. They have one Super Bowl each. Bart. Is Mahomes in danger at all of following that same trajectory rather than the, you know, Brady seven championships trajectory?
3: I think, no, I I don't think so. I think reports of the the Chiefs' demise have been greatly exaggerated, is how I'll put it. Um, So I'm going to kind of tackle like this question and the question of whether the Chiefs are worried about the future of this particular season because I think they go hand in hand. Um, The 6-4 and record that they have right now is super misleading okay so firstly I want to talk, I want to talk about their offense because their offense is literally elite it is one of the best offenses ever by certain metrics and people are just acting like they're like they've been figured out if you look at something called series conversion rate <laughs> all right bear with me it's basically what percentage of the time your first downs become more first downs so basically how effective you are at driving they are literally the third best team ever at picking up more first downs basically. On top of that, they're punting the least of any team this year. uh, And they still have, like, what, the second most, like, points per game or something like that. Um, Basically, the real trick this year has been turnovers. They've just been super weird for them. I saw somewhere, I I didn't verify this myself, half of Mahomes' interceptions this year either bounced off a helmet or bounced off somebody's hands. (laughs) So he's, like, not actually been that bad. His numbers just look kind of weird because of that. So I think the better question is, is their defense going to be reliable enough? And it's really weird that their defense has been this bad because they literally are spending the most money of any team in the league on defense, right? Um, And so their defense was kind of sketchy to start off the season, which definitely was a red flag. But I think even that has been improving. Their past three games especially were great. This last game against the Raiders especially was really good. They really clamped the Raiders down. They allowed like negative three total yards on third downs. So... All in all, that's all to say that I don't think that the Chiefs are, you know, should be super concerned about this season. I think their defense is only going to be keeping, continue improving, and Mahomes and the offense are rolling. They're rolling right along. That's like not a concern at all. I don't think. Um, generally speaking, I don't think that Mahomes is in danger of following the same path as Russell Wilson and, uh, and Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to be more like Brady in that every single year the Chiefs are going to be competing for the AFC Championship. I don't see why you would think otherwise right now. I just think. Even right now, we have evidence that if the defense is meh, Mahomes alone and the dominance of this offense are enough to get them to a winning record. They're literally second in the AFC right now, <laughs> like they're fine. Yeah. So I think I think that's proof that like we know Brady got to AFC championships over and over again, and sometimes he made it to the Super Bowl. Sometimes he, you know, was beaten out by Peyton Manning or Ben Roethlisberger or whatever. And that's probably going to be very very similar with Mahomes. But I don't think there's really much evidence right now that the Chiefs are literally going to like stop making the playoffs or oh, they're they're still going to stop competing for. Runs into the AFC Championship easier, so I'm not really super worried about it personally.
2: Okay, those are some actually those are some pretty awesome stats. I did enjoy that. But Russell Wilson, <laughs> Russell Wilson's went 12 and four last year, right? The Packers that they're they're fighting for NFC Championships as well, but they haven't won any more Super Bowls. We're not talking about are they making it to conference championships. We're talking about are they winning Super Bowls. And does it not concern you that they only put up 13 points against the Packers, like another, let's say, like minded team?
3: anomaly. That game is absolutely <laughs> anomaly? an anomaly, I think. The Packers defense is not even particularly good this year. That was just a weird weird game. What?
2: Interesting. Okay.
3: I mean, you're right. You're right. Maybe getting to the getting to the conference championship is not a, a superb metric in and of itself, but I also would say that I mean, Mahomes is more generational than Wilson at least. I guess you could argue maybe not more so than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but I really just think like the Andy Reid Mahomes pairing is so good. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. We've, we're we're not seeing him that's stopping him. Like even Rogers has had down seasons.
2: Yeah. I also had my notes that the similarities to like the Brady Belichick situation is that he's got, he has a great coach. Um, Somebody said this earlier too. Kansas City's far more aggressive in the front office than green, certainly Green Bay and Seattle to some extent. Um, So I think that's like some, some points in the favor in his favor. And it's it's pretty early to be saying um, that like he couldn't go for like six championships, or whatever he doesn't have to get seven, but something like six. The only thing that worries me is just Brady always took pay cuts or was paid under his value, and that got him to be in a position to have great defenses. And I'm not sure if they put themselves in that position to do that with Mahomes with his with his contract, right?
1: But to Bart's yeah. point, like they are spending the most on defense of any team in the NFL, when even with Mahomes' contract. So, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I think eventually
3: they're gonna have to get rid of Hill yeah. and or Kelsey. Yeah. But like, no,
4: they
3: is won't. that the worst thing? I, I I don't know. I mean, clearly Mahomes is the one irreplaceable piece of this <clears throat> offense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Aiden, you yeah, were like, gonna say something.
0: Looking at this year, though, I'm just. I remain concerned. They have definitely looked better of late. But the the teams in the AFC that look, that one could argue, has been, have been better than them are Ravens, Titans, Bills. Not necessarily in that order. They've lost to all three of those. They've got blown out by two of them. You know, that 27-3 Titans-Chiefs loss. I mean, is that, like, do we view those as... Worrying or as anomaly kind of things that they can. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll just keep responding. Anomaly, anomaly. yeah. <laughs> no. Someone Jared, stop poking holes and saying anomaly
3: <laughs> over it. Uh, also, but... their wins are against
2: like the Giants, the Raiders who are pretty shaky, and then like a Jordan Love led Packers. You know, that's that have yeah. like kind of started their run here. They have yeah, a really good barometer I... game coming up against the Cowboys this week.
3: Yeah, and
0: I get that it's, like, just one season, but I feel like, like, it feels like given the trajectories of the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilsons, um, when they get the big contract, like, stuff kind of goes downhill because of the, you know, how much they're putting into the quarterback. Not that they shouldn't put that much money into the quarterback, because they're, they're probably worth it. Um, but it does feel like the beginning of their, of that window, um, whereas his contract is backloaded, right? Like, they're not, mm-hmm. you know, paying the most right now. Feels like this would be the time for them to get a bunch of those in before they lose some of those pieces. Who, so, yeah, maybe, maybe Mahomes like Brady can make you know great, you know, fine pieces look amazing, kind of thing. Uh, but it still worries me a bit that at this point in the in the contract or in his career, they they've looked very shaky.
4: But my my only argument for the Chiefs right now is the fact that. Every other team that you mentioned, the Titans, the Jets, Jets, and the Ravens also have very shaky losses. You can go; I think you can go through and pick apart a lot of a lot of teams' schedules, and you can look at the Ravens and say, "Why did it take a NFL record-breaking sixty-something-yard field goal for them to beat the Lions?" Or you know how how come the Titans? I think they believe they had lost to the Jets, and they've looked completely unimpressive to this year. The Jaguars just lost uh, to or excuse me, the Bills just lost to the Jaguars and they only put up six points. So I would I would only argue this is that although the Chiefs have not looked very impressive up until this week, it's not exactly like they're falling behind and that they're just getting left in the dust. They, they sit up top with the AFC. Um, they sit up top with one of the best teams in the AFC right now. I know the Titans are the number one leading team in the AFC, but it's still, to me, wide open. And it's not entirely possible that they you know put together some wins. The game against the Raiders gave me a lot more hope into believing their Super Bowl chances. They looked sharper. They kind of were able to dig more into those big plays, and the Raiders historically have a terrible secondary, so I guess you take it with a grin of salt. But you take the check downs, and then the big plays come later. And I think that they're kind of learning to pay a little, play a little bit with more pace and kind of be more patient with the way that they move the football. So... They just they i mean i just i think they're fine yeah. is it more likely that he yeah. he wins just one than seven yes but <laughs> you know do i think that they're he can't run four i think he can still put together some super bowls yeah yeah
3: yeah i think it's important yeah. to bear in mind that he's only 26. that's so <laughs> true it's, it's like true. we didn have three
2: by this point didn't he
3: <laughs> do better
1: i mean man. that man's an anomaly yeah yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, anomaly. yeah if there's ever been an anomaly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's definitely he also something went, he said though for
1: like 10 yeah. years right yeah he went a one? decade
4: in between those runs so <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, you know, you just gotta stick it out for the long haul and then eventually you'll yeah
4: in 10 years you'll accumulate well, the titles yeah,
0: exactly yeah <laughs> no I, I agree with you wyatt though that like there is no one who really stands out i feel like this year or any t- time I like, I'm like, oh, this team is the one who's, you know, the best team in the NFL or a top three team in the NFL, then they have a confusing loss. And so it does feel like anyone's kind of game given. I mean, we saw the Rams go down this weekend and, you know, get destroyed by the 49ers. Like stuff like that happens every week, like the Bills going down to the Jags. It does feel like a year where the Chiefs, you know, being a little bit shaky is okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, that's our. That's our Patrick talk for the week. Um, <clears throat> you know, as you know, we always have a Mahomes segment. So
3: yeah.
0: we'll have another <laughs> one next, next week. week. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> we'll check back in. Um, mm-hmm. But speaking of segments that we actually do every week, we've been doing our, our Thursday night football coverage, our, our score predictions every week. This week, we've got the Patriots headed into Atlanta uh, to play the 4-5 and five Falcons. The Patriots have won 5-6 of six after a 1-3 and three start. Lucas, are the Patriots legitimate contenders? Could they potentially take the AFC East from the Bills? So I'm
1: not going to go so far as to say that they're legitimate contenders to win the Super Bowl or anything like that. I might eat my words in a few months. But I think they've clearly established that they're a very good team and are legitimate threats to unseat the Bills as AFC's champions. Um, They're winning the classic Patriots way. Their offense is great based around a solid run attack. Damian Harris was playing really well. Mondre Stevenson has played well in his absence. Mac Jones has gone from competent to actually pretty good at quarterback. Uh, I think he's clearly, of any of the quarterbacks of the rookie class, he's the one that's stood out the most so far at this point. by like a long shot, he threw three touchdowns this week, another win over the Browns this past weekend. They absolutely destroyed Cleveland, who admittedly is very up and down this season. Um, but beating them 45-7, to nothing to sniff at. Um, the Patriots offense um, is what you came to expect sort of during the reign of dominance. Obviously, it's not at the heights that it was under Brady, but it's sort of following the similar formula of not being flashy, but being, being exceedingly competent in what they do, doing just all the things you need to do to win. The defense is also playing very well, holding pretty good offenses like those of the Browns, Panthers, and Bucks to relatively few points when they played them. I mean, the, the line about the Patriots defense is always that they've taken away what you do best, and they've sort of, I think, gotten back into that groove this season. Um, So overall, I think, you know, this is a winning combination of factors, especially considering the Bills have been so inconsistent this year. Like this past weekend against the Jets, they let the world on fire. But the week before, they put up six points against the Jags. So the Bills kind of feel like a team where, like a lot of other good teams in the NFL this year, you don't know necessarily what you're going to get from week to week. So I think if they get the down version of the Bills in the games they play against them, I think they have a legitimate shot of beating them. And if they beat the Bills in both the games, um, I think... They're the Oswald favorites to win the AFC. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think the Patriots have a def- decent shot. They look very good this year. I was a little bit skeptical because, you know, they pretty much seem to regress without Brady. But, you know, Belichick's a good coach. Mac Jones seems to be filling the role well and they're doing good things.
4: I second that as well. A- and just, and it was interesting last year for us to talk about the Patriots. We talked about them like they won two games, they won seven <laughs> games. They went seven and nine last year and they picked Mac Jones at about 15. So, it's not like they were picking in the top 10 and they have any, they just, you know, they, they, or they traded up to go and get somebody. Like they, they are a good team and they were a middle of the road team. And this year they seem to put together enough wins to become a really good team. And if you were to ask me, I would say, yes, they are legitimate contenders. Bill Belichick has proven himself that this year he still is the best coach in the NFL, just from a culture standpoint, just from a personnel standpoint. And just from the the matter of fact that he somehow, some way, even if they finish this year with just maybe nine wins, somehow, some way continues to find ways to win games. And I think it's incredible. Uh second of all, a little hint maybe to next year's power rankings. <laughs> watch out for the Patriots. They may or may not find their way in. Yeah. Just so you know. Just watch <laughs> out for the Patriots.
0: Not this season though. Why? They're no Colts, you know. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I got a lot of I got a lot of things up here in this next week of power ranking, so I'll figure it out. Yeah,
0: yeah. Remember when we all thought that the 49ers had traded up to what the third spot, fourth spot for Matt yeah. Jones? and then maybe he they should have and yeah, yeah. yeah
4: maybe they should have. Uh,
2: it's just I don't
4: know
1: wait. how how much of it is the system, how much of it is oh is
2: my goodness.
1: I mean, I, well, I don't know. People have been saying, too. I saw a tweet about, like, he had literally, like, one of the most efficient passing seasons in college football history last year. So, how much does yeah, exactly. It be? No, I mean, still, Mac... I don't know. If you, if you throw him on the 49ers, I don't know how much different. Yeah. Or, I think he's not as
4: good. Well, as well, the 49ers are also a system. I would argue that. But yeah. he, he, Mac Jones, absolutely, 110% fell into the perfect system. Yeah. Because, like I said, mm. it's not like he's taking over a sinking ship. Right? They were afloat. And now he's the win that that sets the sails, you know. So it's not like mm-hmm. if Mac Jones had gone to the Houston Texans, he probably would be thinking about replacing him next year. This year, you know, perfect, perfect, absolutely perfect landing spot from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick. You know, you might not even notice which one was which.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we mentioned how Mac Jones has been looking better and better. We also see Jamar Chase having a, a wild season on the Bengals. <clears throat> a bunch of other rookie wide receivers have looked good. Do we see them giving <clears throat> Offensive Rookie of the Year to Mac Jones to a quarterback, as they always do? Or will they give it to finally give it to a receiver like Jamar Chase?
4: Well... Keep in mind that the Offensive Rookie of the Year award is a season-long award. It is not up to week nine. It is not a, up to week eight. And for the last couple of weeks, the Bengals have slowed down dramatically as far as hype goes, right? And Mac Jones has picked the pace. The only... I'm not going to put a name to the award just yet, but the only way... The only thing I would say is just watch to which team is getting hotter towards the end.
2: Yeah. It's definitely a narrative yeah, it's a with point. any award. Is, it's it's going to be about what the narratives are at the end. I think though, if you put, yeah, we have I, to see I how crazy. I would fully put my
3: money on Mac winning it.
2: You would put your money on Mac. Yeah. yeah, I think it depends on how crazy Jamar Chase's season finishes. Like, I think if you put like Mac Jones' current pace to Justin Jefferson's pace last year, that award goes to Justin Jefferson. But because Justin Herbert was like three touchdown passes a game, 300 yards and all that stuff, no picks. Um, I think that kind of pushed him over the edge where I don't know if Mac Jones is going to do that the entire season.
4: Some record is going to be broken. Rookies always break the other rookies' records. And then and it's 17
0: games I mean, that pers- that every pers- year. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. No. <laughs> but anyway, to move into, finally, our score predictions. Lucas, we're starting with you. What's the score of the Falcons-Patriots game?
1: I mean, I just typed up the Patriots, so I feel like i got to pick yeah. them. Um, I think it's going to be like relatively close. I think it's going to be 27-24. The Falcons have rebounded a little bit since a tough start to the season. They did get slaughtered by the Cowboys this past weekend, but I think that you know might motivate them to try and play well against the Patriots this weekend, but I don't think they'll quite have it. So, 27-24, Patriots. Bart, Bart what do you think?
3: No. I don't think it'll be quite that close. I'm also picking the Patriots. Basically, yeah, Lucas enumerated so many other reasons, and I'm d- more concerned about the Falcons' slaughter <laughs> uh, this past <laughs> week than Lucas says. I'm going to say 27-13 Patriots. Yeah. Okay. This Why? is the second-best defense in the league. That's true. Good point.
4: If you had asked me two weeks ago, this would be an absolute toss-up on who would win this game. Asking yeah. me today, though, I am also going to pick the Patriots. Uh, I think I was always going to pick the Patriots, but if there's one thing we know about the Patriots, they like to beat the Falcons, and somehow, some way, they <laughs> like to beat the Falcons. Um, so I'm going to go 25-18 Patriots.
0: It's an interesting so score, <laughs> yeah.
2: Maybe I don't
0: know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay, Jared.
2: Well, here's the thing: the Patriots' wins have come against Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, Mike White. Justin Herbert, Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield. The trend here is is all young quarterbacks. Matt Ryan's going to be the the by far the most experienced quarterback they faced. I'm swinging for the fences here. I'm going Falcons 1915. I don't know if that score got mm. me, but I'm swinging for the fences on this one here. This is I know I know this is going to be the week <laughs> where freaking chalk wins out too. But I, I'm I'm going to go with the craziness and just say Falcons 19-15 here.
1: Uh, Bart's wide-score prediction would have been Scorigami. 1915 is not, in fact, okay. Scorigami. It's happened Can twice you... before. Oh, okay.
0: That's what Scorigami means. Yeah. yeah. Was... yeah. Scorigami means it's never <laughs> happened before.
3: Oh, and you Hon- missing out. Honestly, though. Yeah. though if someone Scorigami Scorigami scored... Twitter
1: account is my favorite. Pa- yeah. How often Scorigami.
2: does it happen? We had one this year, didn't we not? There,
3: there have been three this year. Three this year? Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, higher than usual. Gotcha. <laughs> Noted.
0: Uh, anyway, for my pick, I'm going with thirty one twenty Pats, which is definitely not Scorgami. I think I may have picked thirty one twenty for another game this year. <laughs> uh, seems like a default score. Uh, but yeah, I'm not confident in the Falcons. They gave up 43 points last week. Uh, so I'm going with the the Pats momentum, even if they don't exactly have the the Cowboys offense. I think so. but that's gonna the, be- um, yeah mm-hmm. oh go ahead sorry yeah. no, no it's not yeah. right go <laughs> that's gonna do it for our football talk uh we're gonna do a a brief ending with some nba talk because yes basketball is being played right now mm-hmm. um so we're gonna we're gonna do contenders mm. or pretenders we're i think what like 20-ish games no 15-ish games into the nba season mm-hmm. uh so we've we at the you thought sport podcast Uh, can clearly see who is a contender and who is a pretender right now. And we're going to let you know um, about about all of them. So starting with the Bulls, Wyatt, contender or pretender?
4: Absolutely, 110% contender. Because you know who picked the Bulls before this year started? You know who was high on the Bulls before this year started? Me. And I'm absolutely 100% sticking with the Bulls to be contenders. They remind me a lot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix a handful of teams together. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns, the Miami Heat, and a little bit, just a dash of the old school Brooklyn Nets, uh, the uh, D'Angelo Russell Brooklyn Nets. Uh, more Heat and, and oh. than Suns at this point, but they they have enough veteran leadership mixed with young scoring talent and enough grittiness and hustle players that I think that they can put together some wins, uh, sit atop at the, the division, and make a really good playoff push. Do they run into the I mean they have a tough road possibly if they run into the Nets um or the Bucks or something like that. But you know, maybe you play your cards right, maybe you get a good break, maybe a player gets injured. Absolutely contenders, they will make the playoffs 100% guaranteed. Top 3 guaranteed seed guaranteed. Book that.
2: Okay. Oof. Okay. I think it already was booked that they were going to be top 4 seed, so we're we're bumping it up now.
3: <laughs> mhm. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Love it. I stop there. I'm right there with you. Right there with you. Yeah, I'm like pleasantly shocked by how good they've been this year. I just I'll, I'll add some more stats to to support this. Uh, you know, I love this metric. They are one of three teams that are both top ten in offense and defense. So that's one thing. Uh, another crazy set that I found is that the Demar Derozan, Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball trio is like the most efficient trio in the NBA right now which is Absolutely. absurd. DeMar DeRozan is having a crazy resurgence this year. Yeah. Um and then like the, the Bulls just had a really nice streak of they had well they went 6 and 3 so it wasn't all a win streak, but they had some impressive wins and they didn't have Nikola Vucevic. Uh their guy Patrick Williams is out for like the regular season. They're saying he might come back for the playoffs. And Kobe White hasn't played a game yet. So they're only going to get better, I think. So I'm definitely with you Wyatt.
1: They're 0-2 against the Sixers, though.
3: <laughs> That's one thing I meant to mention as well. If they, meet, if they meet in the playoffs, it could be GG. But other than that...
0: <laughs> okay, so we're high on the on the Bulls. Are we as high on the Cavs, Lucas? Yeah. Uh, are they contenders to
4: win? <laughs> I said contenders. Yeah, are, they... <laughs>
1: are they contenders to win at all? Like, probably not. But are the contenders to make the playoffs and make some noise in the first round? Like, I I definitely think so. They hit a home run picking Evan Mobley, who I think will probably end up being the Rookie of the Year. I do know he is now out for a month after an injury today, so might have to adjust that. But 15 points, almost 8 rebounds um, are insane at this point in the year from a rookie. And I think that he's proving himself to be the best player in his class, regardless of whether he wins Rookie of the Year, because I'm missing some time. Darius Garland also looks really good as a young guard. And Ricky Rubio is having a renaissance. He uh, right. he scored 37 against the Knicks the other night. Um, <laughs> so they also play really good defense. They're currently fifth in the league in defensive rating. Um, I don't think they're one of the East top dogs, but I'll book that they at least make the playoffs.
2: This awesome year. a book, it's flying around. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm actually more for confident reason. in the Cavs. Uh, but yeah, for, for all the reasons you mentioned, yeah, the Evan Mobley, Mobley um, injury is definitely concerning. Uh, But as long as it's, you know, only temporary, his chemistry with like Darius Garland has been fantastic. He also works really well with Jared Allen, who forever in my mind will just be like 22 or 23 and, you know, waiting to (laughs) feel like he's been around forever, but is perpetually young. Um, Colin Sexton is still really good. They have the league's fifth best defense. Yeah, they may be a year away from like serious or, you know, even two years away from serious like title contention. Uh, but I think they have a good shot at making like a, a even a top four seed in a very just kind of chaotic, fun Eastern Conference at the moment. Uh, mm. So I'm, yeah, I'm I'm high on the Caps.
1: Mm. He's younger than us, Jared Allen. I had no I know, idea. I he know. does look like he's been around for forever.
0: I know. I feel like I'm always, yeah, talking about is he going to be traded? Is he you know going to be the mm. next big thing? But yeah, still. <laughs> still overachieving at 23 uh and to move on from the Cavs to the mavs we've got jared what do you think contender pretender. um
2: i think pretenders i think they're yeah I, i'm gonna say pretenders i think they're not as good as their their standings and record shows right now like they have first off luca probably is gonna get better so like there there is a uh caveat there but they basically score average about the same amount of points that they give up. They have a, so they have a, technically have a negative point differential. So I don't think they're really as good as their record shows right now. And there's no way I would I expect them to be a top three seed in the West by the time this year ends. So I'm I'm actually gonna say Pretenders here, even though I'm a big fan of Luca. Lucas, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think a lot of it's a question of expectations. Like, will they be? Probably a contender for a solid playoff spot again, yeah, but I don't think they're a true contender for a title. They don't seem to like be better than the teams of years past, like, they don't seem to have like built the supporting cast enough around Luca. Um, with Luca, like Jared said, he'll get better, he'll always have a chance to win with him. But Kristaps, Tim Hardaway Jr., like, that's just not a core that wins a title, I don't think. Um, and they've already, when they play good teams this year, they've essentially lost. They've played, I'd say, five. Games against good teams this year, two against the Nuggets, one against the Bulls, one against the Heat, one against the Hawks. They're 1-4 in those games. Um, their only win coming last night against the Nuggets. So I think when you look at all that, uh, I think they're pretenders. I don't think that they're going to make a run at the title or as good as their spot suggests right now. So I agree with you, Jared.
0: Moving on to the Heat, Bart, contenders or pretenders?
3: Once again, contenders. Uh, I'm just a big fan of what the Heat are doing this year. Like, they just have so many like like solid dudes. Jimmy Butler is like an MVP candidate this year. Bam Adebayo is playing excellently. And is, like, as always, he's a stud on defense. Uh, Tyler Harrow is like super good in his six-man yes. role this year. Like Out of nowhere, I thought he was like potentially a bum in years past. And then this. Uh, the one thing that's weird is Duncan Robinson is shooting yeah. pitifully. You remember he shot so, so well in the bubble, and this year he's terrible. I think that will still improve. But I just want to say one thing again. I mentioned this earlier. This is going to be like a broken record. The Heat are one of the other three teams that are top ten in offense and defense. So they're also really good on both sides of the ball, and I think they're only going to get better. They won a couple games just now even without Jimmy Butler. Um, maybe or maybe uh, injury concerns are a thing for them, but I think generally speaking they're definitely going to be near the top of the East coming uh, coming into the playoffs. What about you, Aiden?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Pretender. I I have been impressed with what they've shown so far. (laughs) Jimmy Butler has been great. Kyle Lowry is a great addition. Tyler Harrow. Yeah, I really thought that after, you know, semi-disappointing year two, um, that, you know, it was going to be downhill to some degree, or at least plateau. He looks like he's taking the leap. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm not particularly confident from an injury standpoint. And they're going to be relying a lot on Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, who are older compared to some of the other teams in the East, who are some pretty youthful teams in the East right now with, um, you know, the, uh, who was I just talking about? <laughs> the Cavs, <laughs> the Bulls to some degree, um, and teams like that. I, I think there's a chance that they won't be able to keep up, especially if you had Duncan Robinson. It's been a little bit weird so far. Uh, so since I've been burned by the heat before, aka last year, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly pun intended i Mm -hmm. i'm not jumping on the bandwagon just yet for them and lastly we've got the wizards jared what do you think
2: so you know what i actually am gonna say contender i was gonna come in here and say pretender but because the wizards actually have beaten some pretty solid teams they're in the, the top 10 in point differential Uh, And Bradley Beal is not playing uh, at his best right now either. Like, he's averaging, like, what, 22 points a game, I think, when he's, like, a last year he had, yeah, 23, when last year he was 31 points a game. You know, who knows what they'll look like when that production goes up. So I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. I'm going to say contenders for the Wizards. Wyatt?
4: And I'm recklessly pessimistic. On the Wizards. <laughs> okay. I would go with pretend pretenders all the way through. Are they better than last year? Yes. Uh is their team better roster wise better than last year? Yes. I think that there's a little bit of addition by subtraction by moving on from, you know, stars like John Wall and Russell Westbrook and adding in more depth than Kyle Kuzma, uh Caldwell Pope, Montrezl Harrell, guys like that, Spencer didwity Um, you know, you add a lot of those guys, you get better. I think they're a more solid and complete team. But it's washington let's let's get real do they have any other star power on this team to beat the bucks chicago um <clears throat> even the cavs right now the heat they have more star the power the nets chicago. the 76ers no they don't that's not true <laughs> and uh do they have They're any exactly star power people. any any other power and demar DeRozan and lonzo ball and the white mamba yeah. caruso yeah that's it's true. A, that's true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there are plenty of other more talented teams in the West and the East right now that I think if they were get put into a seven game series, uh, it would be over in four for the Wizards.
2: <laughs> wow.
4: I think they're just goofy enough for their fun. But am I actually going <clears> to <throat> be like, wow, they might actually be a serious threat even to make the playoffs. Eh, eight seed.
2: Mm-hmm. They're the one seed right now. Why? Come on.
4: You know, give us some time, Jared. We're like <laughs> 10 games in. 15 (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. well on that note you know where to find us in the future we're on Spotify we're on Apple Podcasts we're on SoundCloud please listen there leave us reviews we love it you should also follow us on all our social media Twitter been popping off recently we've you know revived a little bit you should check it out some great tweets Instagram great as always wide putting together um, some great content over there so check it out head on over Uh, and in the meantime, we'll see you next week. Tune in for more book recommendations next week. We'll all have one.